0: Welcome to another iGrow season at APC. We're so glad you've tuned in. Our church is blessed with excellent teachers of the Word of God, and our hope is that you find today's teaching enlightening, motivational, and encouraging. To learn more about our church, visit theapc.org or find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's lesson. sad face um, we're gonna wrap up our overall scripture theme that you know we've been talking about and for those that don't
1: remember that's okay I can
0: tell you uh, we've been talking about third John 4 I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth so we that you know I feel like we all have that common end for our children we want them to walk in truth and we want them to um, we want to train them. Uh, we want to be the ones to train them, and you know, as we discussed in the last few se- uh, sessions, we discussed ways to how do we do that? You know, we mentioned ways on how to be super intentional with correction, interaction, um, and one thing that you brought to my mind earlier. Phil said something about like um, Bible quizzing is a marathon and not a race. It's the same for our children. It's a marathon our race to the end. We want to be we want to be wise in how we you know train our children. So each child is different and it's important to know how they are individually to respond to their individual needs. Um, Again, it's labor intensive, we know that. Um, But God has this promise for us. And it, you know, as I was putting this together uh, he reminded me of this verse, and I thought it was just such a beautiful promise for us It says in Psalms 128 too, you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands You shall be blessed and it shall be well with you So I I, I you know, I want to be blessed for the labor that I put into my children, you know Regardless of the outcome whatever it is. I want that's in God's hands and their choice We talked about free will in that too. So um, I wanted to leave you with that, too. Um, we, we also talked about ways, another way to train our children um, in the culture we're living in. So how do we do that, and how do we you know, help them navigate the digital space? And you know, that really is part of our world, 100%. It's where we're at. It's their world that's the only world they know. Um, a world we stepped into just, you know, 10 to 15 years ago ourselves, and we're trying to still figure it out. Can you imagine our kids figuring it out? <laughs> They're not gonna figure it out with, you know, us, without us. So we discussed why this matters last week and how we wouldn't allow our kids to lurk alone in the streets with drug dealers or uh, child predators or, you know, in, danger, in dangerous situations. But, you know, we kind of do the opposite digitally. Um, my booze, sorry, digitally. Um, you know that space is a space without any walls, of um, and and it's just disguised to appear harmless. And we know we, we now know better. I hope. And if you didn't listen to the podcast, go back and listen. Um, it's got some good stuff there. And um, we spoke about the dangers that are lurking in that world and what it's advertising and how it's how it's saying that it's it's a creative and intelligent space but we must be diligent to ensure that we walk in truth ourselves to see right through the eyes of the enemy that that's just a facade you know, um, it is creative and intelligent but at the same time you know, if you don't understand how it works and if you don't understand how to walk through it um, how can we teach that to our children and we talked about the verses in Matthew and Luke Matthew 6, Luke 11 that the eyes are the the lamp of our bodies and um if what we're looking at doesn't really connect with what the word of God is saying, you know, how are we going to be that example? And, um, we can, we can be destroyed for the lack of knowledge of not being, of not understanding what is around us. Um, but tonight we're going to go ahead and, uh, wrap up today's, uh, this whole series by going just another layer, another deeper layer into our parenting. Um, again the title of this book uh, is walking through family phases and seasons and what that could look like for each family and we understand that everyone is walking through will probably not walk through the seasons that we're in and that what we brought out but we're hoping that you have a gained understanding and perspective of how others are are walking and um, you know we don't have to have all the answers and we and what we speak may not, be something you may ever walk through but there is power in our testimonies and gain perspectives. I just I believe that as individuals it will you know help us grow to see a glimpse of what you what we're all navigating and it will help us gain ways on how to help our own children walk through their seasons and strengthen them and us as a family unit. So just because we don't walk through it doesn't mean our kids may not you know and we'll get into that too. So, um, before we dive in, I wanted to kind of bring us back a little bit into the Word and talk about what Paul speaks to us around using our spiritual giftings and being a part of the body of Christ. And all of this is taking place in 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, he starts off by talking through um, the spiritual gifts, is the first thing he's, he mentions in, um, in this chapter, and how we can utilize them through the Holy Ghost. So, we have to have the Holy Ghost before we go through these these giftings, um, and I pulled this part out, and it's uh, the ESV version, it says uh, in uh, verse 4, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit, there are varieties of service with the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone, to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good, and in the same chapter, he uh, references the body. So we, we get the spirit, and now we get the body, which is the body of Christ, how we are in it. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If we, are, if we were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So, you know, why, why do I call attention to, the, to these two parts of, um, of 1 Corinthians 12? Um, I just want us to understand that we all face our own circumstances. We, we, uh, we will encounter others within our home, our family life, uh, our church body, work, work our coworkers, um, anyone outside. Sometimes of our everyday circles, it could be the grocery store, it could be the parking lot somewhere, you're getting gas. Um, and someone could feel led to share something with you. And, uh or they're facing a similar situation that maybe you've walked through and you just don't know until you get there but one of the important things as a um, individual as one that is looking for a relationship that is looking to establish and continue their relationship with God is to discern God's voice we're all called to do that whether whatever gifting you have whatever you're, you know you are called to God to 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 hear his voice and as a believer we must develop that in our daily relationship with god and that goes beyond surface level i'm not talking about a prayer here or there i'm talking about a true walk with him and that is something that we must carry throughout throughout our lives like we can't just yes we will go through these phases and these seasons of life where we may be hitting our knees super hard. We may be travailing at the altar and you know going after the kingdom work And that's all great, but then there are seasons there are heavy seasons. There are hard seasons where You're being carried by someone else You know through the prayers of others, so um, I want to draw attention to that because as we walk, walk through this these, these different instances. I want you to realize like you are important to the body just because you're not going through what others are going through, you are called to share in their experiences, to carry their burdens with them. And how does this relate to our children? You are the example. It's plain as day. You are the example. And if you, if you are not putting that practice in you, how can we tell our children, hey, go Pray? Oh, go be kind to your neighbor. Go love that friend of yours. Don't exclude others. You know, that always convicts me. <laughs> I don't know if it's convicting to you, but it convicts me. And I never want to, something for me to give a direction to my children, and I don't do that. You know. So, we are not equally made, as mentioned, as well, you know, it's mentioned later in that same passage in correlation to the body. So we all have our areas of strengths, right? And I'm sure you're all aware of what your strengths are. But we can't let the enemy shy us away from doing God's work for His kingdom. If you're aware of your gifting and God nudges you to act, be obedient and do it. Um, you may be, you may be the blessing someone needs that day, or a specific word they they are. That's what they need to get up out of bed. I mean, you don't know. Again, discern God's voice through these actions. There may be instances where you won't get confirmation if what you did is right or wrong. <laughs> Maybe someone will respond to you, you know, but you need to act anyway, because if you're truly listening to God's voice, I know for me, when I respond, I'm I'm blessed by it. Like I'm blessed by it and I trust and I leave it in God's hands because uh, I have found that later down the road, it may not have been. Two minutes later, it may not have been five weeks later; it may have been. We're talking months later. They're like, "You remember when you said that?" And I'm like, "I don't know what I said. What did I say?" <laughs> that spoke into my life, and I I didn't have the right words to tell you at the time, but I I am here telling you today. And that's all you need, and you don't even need that either. You just put your trust in the Lord. You know, He will take care of it all. So, like the other lessons, we want to set this up with the following understanding. Um, We must get past the shame and guilt element in every situation, regardless of what you're walking through or whatever phase of life you're in. When we start to go down this road, we can immediately call this out with our spirit and in prayer and revert our eyes back to God and identify ourselves and who we are in Him. This is an avenue the enemy easily slips in. If we can quickly catch it and shift perspective, We can help our children in this area, too. Um, Another point is culturally, we get labeled as broken, and it can drive shame into our lives. Again, we are not of this world. We can feel broken. We can feel like, what is wrong with me? But um, we we can't let those feelings stay there. We can't stay in that, that feeling factor. Um, we can validate those feelings and move and kind of kind of work through that, but we can't stay there forever. Um, there's a reason for the trial you're walking, and you know you must think on the things above and why God is testing your family. At the end of the day, you know, and your children will see that through you. Um, comparison with all situations, You've gotta nick it. You gotta you gotta get it out of your head. Um, You are your own person. Your children are their own persons. No one is alike, but there are similarities that can tend to generate the evil to rise. Um, Seek God's wisdom to help navigate decisions based on what he is helping you, or sorry, he is speaking to you about your family and your children. Um, Let me see. Let me go down here. Then unaddressed pain. So if there's pain that you felt for many years in your life, I'm not here to judge anybody with that, but I do want to say that you you should probably walk through it in some form or fashion. Um, like, how if you bury previous pain, how do you initially react? You know, what are, what are those triggers? What uh, when those, you know when they come? What are your coping skills? if I bury something I react in anger that's key for me why am I getting angry about this oh maybe I haven't dealt with it maybe I need to get to the root of it and you need to be able to show your children that too because they don't understand what they're feeling what they're going through themselves and if you can manage it with yourself you can find ways to relate to them so I know I brought a lot there, I said a lot there, but um, we want to leave you encouraged. This is this isn't us knowing it all again, and we're really speaking um, from our own experiences. So we're going to turn, um, turn our focus to God's word for affirmation and our identity in Him and what He's calling us to instead of being self-condemning. And I'm going to leave you with this. This verse because it really spoke to me too. It says, "Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about the about our Lord, nor of me, uh, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of the because of His own purpose and grace, which He gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began." So that came from Second Timothy one, um, and just. I'm going to quickly hit these points because I want to get to the bottom of what we're going to say. So it's called a trial for a reason, whatever you're walking through. Um, he, we are called to be tested, our faith to be tested. And I did pull out the Greek meaning of uh, what the Greek <coughs> definition of this word. And I don't know if you remember what Pastor said um, about the words, the Greek and the, and the Hebrew. There's a layer of depth there with those words and uh paid so i think that's how you say it um uh, is translated to as putting putting to proof uh, experience and um, by implication adversity so we are being put to proof um and we won't always get it right and that's okay there are ways there you know you can you can grow in that um and god will help you through and one of the key things that I want, I want you to know is to surround yourself around elders and teach your children as well. Because nine times out of 10, they probably want the same thing you have. And I can say that from experience, so. I didn't want to get emotional there. Oh my gosh, that's a weird spot to get channel. Um, but I love, I love my elders and I love, I love them and they're so sweet and they know what to say and what to speak to you about. Okay. Um, Emotional support for you and those that need it. This is just reiterating my point from the previous time. Um, It is 1,000, I put 1,000% okay to need additional help outside of your your scope of people, outside of pastor, outside of prayer partners. It is 1,000% okay. Seek, my only advice is to seek wisdom from, or seek uh, Christian counselors, find Preferably ones that believe the same way you do, and um, the next the next step I wanted to talk about is to celebrate your wins as a family. When things are going good, celebrate them. When things are not going good, just it's okay, but continue to sh- uh, to celebrate those. Um, when you wake up and you've showered, celebrate that. If you're going through something hard, um, if something made you laugh, celebrate that. Um, the risks Uh, If respect was given after a challenging time with some family, celebrate that. Like, there is no harm in recognizing the small wins. And, you know, those small victories will push us to greater ones. So my last thing I want to mention here is uh, with Jesus by your side, there's no wrong way to walk through seasons. There's no wrong way. There is no manual to walk through what we're walking through no one says you can't catalog what do i do when my kid hurts their toe i mean you can obviously you can talk to a nurse but that's probably a poor example like what you know you know you know that you can't just go to some book and look or even the internet sometimes and look up ways to go to to go through your trial you just walk through it and you walk through it faithfully and you um You just, uh, let me see, don't want to get too far off my notes, Um, you just figure out how to manage it for yourself and then your kids will see how to do it too, because just because our foundation has been rocked, it's not broken, it's just, you know, it just, it brings character and they're going to know that too. So um, as we were creating this lesson, you know, we pulled together these family phases and seasons that we're going to talk through today. Um, I'll, and we're going to walk through our own with uh, through this with our testimonials in hopes to open discussion and help others who are walking through something similar. You know, we are a body of Christ, and we are in this together. So I'm going to let Jess kind of take the floor here and tell us about these family phases.
2: Sounds good.
0: All right. Um, Jessica
2: said something that was funny to me. <laughs> you were talking about celebrating wins. Mm-hmm. And I remember whenever, so Macy is our oldest, she's 16. I remember whenever she was born, I celebrated a win that I showered. Because there was a week span of time where I could not figure out how can I still take care of this child, make sure that she is okay, and and take a shower.
3: And I remember the day that I
2: figured out, I can take, her little rocking chair thing, mm-hmm. I can take that and I can sit it. So I can see her as I'm showering, I could like peek out and make sure that all was well. And that was like a huge celebration because yeah. I kid you not, it was a whole week before I was able to shower. The smell was horrible. Yeah. It was just, oh, interesting moment, but mm-hmm. we do. Parenting gives us opportunity to celebrate so many
3: wins, <laughs> even personal hunting.
2: So. With that, um, talking about family phases, um, I have tons of different favorite scriptures, and I feel like I'm constantly saying this is my favorite scripture. Well, this is my favorite today. Um, Whenever we apply it to parenting in in this setting, it um, says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. I love that. I forgot to write down the scripture reference, so forgive me. I just. Trust me, it's there. Go look it up. Thank you. Google it. Um, I love that verse because it speaks so clearly of what our purpose is. right? They're arrows that one day we are going to launch. And I imagine when they launch, we are aiming at a target. And we want to raise them in such a way that they hit that target as precisely as possible. Mm -hmm. right? So in preparation for this launching time, we experience these different phases that we're going to talk through. Um, or really they are these phases that we need to make sure that we're experiencing because some of them we don't want to experience so we just don't <laughs> and that's not good, that's not good. So um, in prepping for this, we found this really cool article mm-hmm. on Focus on the Family. They have this wonderful parenting section that I highly recommend, um, but this what this article did is it breaks down parenting into four different phases. <clears throat> Um, and what the author he's doing is he's viewing these different phases and he's really basing it on his own personal experience with parenting there was like this conversation that he had with someone and his kid was 16 and it came out that he was waking his child up still every morning and the person said why are you still waking them up (laughs) you know like why are we doing that and so it kind of led to this evolution of of this parenting um article anyway so what was interesting about that is as parents we forget that our children are growing Mm
0: -hmm.
2: it's so easy like i never realized that was a thing but that really is a thing i I still would love to be able to tuck my 16 year old in Mm -hmm. i love that moment but she would no (laughs) it's not happening (laughs) it's not happening at all you know um we need to get out of that mentality because like we mentioned in the very first lesson that we had our children they have the same free will that you and i have and we have to give them the opportunity to exercise that while they're still living in our home Mm -hmm. um there's an evolution that has to happen with our parenting as we walk through these different these different phases and when i imagine it i imagine like we're loosening the reins ever so slightly Mm -hmm. Um, and the first phase that they outlined is called the commander phase. I love the commander phase because you're in control. Who loves control in here? I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> the task of a parent is to encourage a child's growth from discipline to self-discipline. Okay, think about that. Roll that through your mind because it's interesting to intentionally think about. Um, Proverbs 13, 24 in the message version says a refusal to correct is a refusal to love love your children by disciplining them and there is there feels like there's this stage where you are constantly yeah. disciplining them you are constantly you're doing everything for them mm-hmm. right you really are the commander you're telling them what to do and how to do it and when to do it and all and you're correcting non-stop but just like that laid out that's that's a signal to them that you actually do love them the second phase is called the coach In this phase, the idea is not only to teach, but also to encourage their growth from direction to self-direction. Okay, you notice the last one was discipline to self-discipline. This one is direction to self-direction. Giving them really more responsibility with each new task that you're assigning to them. You know, instead of being dictating what's happening, it's really you're outlining some choices for your kids. You're laying them out there. Um, One... (coughs) It would be an example of this would be like, would you rather do this or do this? Right? You really open up the space and let them um, decide. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, but when you're doing that, would you rather do this or that? You don't do anything in a temptation or foolish sort of manner. This is just outlining a couple of different examples. Um, one example that it pulled out was, would you rather go to church a little bit early so you can talk to your friends, or do you want to arrive just on time? It's that sort of question. Something simple. Um, or it could be a little bit weightier, right? We walk, we, we gradually let out those reins, okay? So um, this frame, or this phase is really a prime opportunity to, to train our children to use God's word in their decision making. You know, we think about, are there different activities that they want to participate in, whether it's socially, or maybe it's in school, that maybe you don't want them to you're, you're not okay with them participating in. Um, a helpful way to start teaching them to learn how to consult God's word is to, before you share your opinion that you don't want them to participate in something, is to direct them to God's word. To ask them, you know, what what does God have to say about this? Um, I experienced this several years back. There was something that um, one of our kids wanted to participate in, and I, I have a strong opinion about it. And I with God's help, I was able to yeah, share my strong opinion. But I just said, "Hey, why don't you consider? Why don't you go look in God's Word. I want you to spend some time, dig into God's Word. I want you to find Scripture telling me that it's okay for you to do this, or that it's not okay for you to do this. And I want you to pray about it. And then we're going to circle back up and we're going to have a conversation. So maybe you you tell your child to do that same. And you know, we're going to regroup in a couple." days or a week and have that conversation to figure out, what did you find? Did, you, did God tell you? Or what did God's word say about that? Mm-hmm. Um, or when it comes to maybe their media selections and teaching them how to be a good consumer of good godly content, um, you can start asking them why they feel something is appropriate for them to watch or to engage in. Um, and maybe there are times when they're going to miss the why not why shouldn't I look at this? Or why is this a bad dis- decision? And in those moments, we just lovingly redirect them, right? We're <clears throat> letting them know what they missed. And we use it as that opportunity to understand where are they coming from, right? And this goes to the example of them wanting to participate in an activity that we're not okay with. You know, where is this desire coming from? And then um, teach them the importance of, of really holding God's word as supreme in their life and teaching them how to guard their heart and their eyes in that moment. Um, the third phase is called the counselor. We uh, get to this stage way before we think we will. I'm there right now and I thought that I just gave birth to Macy mm-hmm. yesterday, but we're here. So this is a phase that where we as parents, we are no longer the driving influence in the child's life. What we need to do in this phase is really to encourage our children to grow from dependence to independence. All right, it's not—it's hard, but it's so absolutely important. You know, this phase—it usually happens in the teen years, when a child reasonably can be expected to understand right from wrong. Okay, the uh, phrase during these years is, "That's a decision you can make," and that's the scariest thing to say ever. Anybody? <laughs> Yes. yes, so scary. You know, and whenever you do this, you're like kind of quizzing them around the decisions that they would make. You know, if if they had the freedom to do this, what would you do? You know, and you really encourage them to take different responsibilities and making those decisions and seeing how they're gonna respond. And you're offering suggestions and warning them about, okay, you can do this however here's some flashing red lights you need to look out for, these are some potential consequences you need to be aware of. Um, this phase, it really stresses our need to be willing to work through, go from the first stage to the second stage, okay? Um, because that's, my part? It's, it's hard to step back. If we don't do that, it's hard to step back and say that's your decision because to this point, we've been allowed to make all of their decisions for them. So we've gradually got to let those reins out. But it's vital this this phase has to happen. You know, for me, I have an end goal that I, I would love. I, I feel like I know exactly what's going to happen in my kid's life. What they need to be. Like, I just feel like I need to, that. I know this, but God, he uh, he consistently reminds me. I have no idea. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. And he reminds me that his plan is vastly different than mine frequently. And so what I see for my children, what you see for your children may not be what he sees. And we can't be afraid of allowing that transition to adulthood to to actually happen. The fourth and final phase is called consultant. We're not there.
0: Mm -mm.
2: We're not there at all. I don't want to be there, but we're going to be there before we realize it. You know, it it makes us emotional to think. Yeah. Um, But... Just the thought of driving away from your child, whether you're dropping them off to their first apartment or you're leaving them at college, like that's super overwhelming to think, but it will be less frightening if we allow ourselves to step through these different phases. Um, So you you think about it, like why is it so hard? Well, for almost two decades, you've been allowed to participate in their daily lives and interacting and helping to shape who they are but the time has to come whenever they we launch those arrows, yep. right? And we don't want to try to prolong any of these phases longer than necessary. Um, these phases they are not check boxes, okay? These phases can be happening with different children at different times, and you're like, okay, where am I with child one and mm-hmm. with child five, and mm-hmm. where's what is happening? And so, and they really can often overlap. So that is. We keep going back to training and being intentional and spending our time with them. This helps us to know when those phases need to happen and when those transitions are happening.
0: So. Okay. Our next, so that's the family phases. Our next uh, section that we want to kind of talk to you about is more just awareness.
1: We felt yes. Can I interject?
0: Yes, absolutely. A lot
1: discussion. Yeah. I really like these phases. Uh-huh. From the other end of things, from the kid's side of things, (laughs) um, going through these last two phases with my parents more recently, um, there was um, a major life decision, and I remember it was very clearly God's will and God's plan, and I remember my mom having a really hard time with it, and she was like, this isn't how it was supposed to happen. (laughs) She's like, this is not what I've prayed for since you were a kid. She's like, this is not how it was supposed to happen, and I was like... Yes, it was <laughs> <laughs> She was the oh. like, oh, she's like, I prayed for your husband to grow up in a, you know, in church and oh, in a I godly family. Okay. No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> God. And she like she like Kyle, but she's like, I I, I didn't pray for this. I, I wanted your husband to not have gone through all of these difficulties. And I was like, Okay, but th- maybe this was God's plan. You know, it may not have been yours, but it seems very apparent that it's God's plan. And so it took her a while to kind of let go of how she thought it was supposed to look Mm -hmm. Um, and then she was able to move on and then you know into the consultant phase and when wedding planning came she was just having a ball about everything and she's so excited about everything um but it it definitely was hard for her to kind of let go of like this is how i thought it was all going
2: running into this thing where like I know that I have to let the reins out in different situations but I'm not ready and so something will be brought up and my I try to be a yes mom but I have to stop myself from immediately saying no
1: mm-hmm.
2: and thinking about reasons why I can say yes and so uh, uh, something will come to me and I'll be like no wait a second I need this I need just to process I, it's going to be okay, but you, I need you to have patience with me because I'm not ready to let you go. And it's this horribly emotional thing, but it's real, right? Like we have to allow ourselves to say, okay. Let, I gotta let go, or I gotta let go of my plan, and, and let you transition. Yeah.
4: yeah. I, feel, I I feel like when there's those like very hard line into stages or the phases, yeah. there's like a level of like grief. There's yes. not time to process, so it's like a loss. Yeah. It's like you a lot you you've lost yeah. something in your life. Yeah, yeah. I can absolutely. really relate to that. Yeah.
0: yeah, absolutely. And we'll get into that you're reading my notes here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was literally
1: like grieving like the last year before yeah. we got married because he's sure. like, You're gonna move away, and you're gonna be here and he was literally like mourning yeah. at the yeah. end of yeah. that It's that. a sandwich. real
5: thing, yeah, still be the ultimate safety net so he doesn't get him too deep yeah, to where we sure. can still pull him out but it's like no I'm gonna let you make some choices that may have some negative consequences and I'll let you do that but it's not gonna be something
0: Both valid, but and that's okay. It's just how do you manage both under the same roof, and how do you walk through it? And you know, we'll get into that uh, later on because we that you know you pulled you pulled what I was going to talk about too. Is you know there's there is loss there too, but um, we'll get to it, I promise, and we'll talk through it. Um, But this next section, um, I I think we wanted to draw it out because we're both in this. Area of our lives and we both just wanted to bring awareness of what it could be like for your home If this is an area that you want to walk through or step into and what we're going to be talking about is family schooling And how that impacts our family Um, so it's no it's it's nothing new, you know since covid came to the table um, there's more awareness around the different types of approaches to school your children, right? Um, and then there's a divide unfortunately you've got the the public school moms that are like I'm not gonna homeschool my kids and then you've got the homeschool moms that are like I'm not putting my kids through homeschooling and then I kind of like in the middle <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm in the middle of both and we kind of wanted to draw that out a little bit just so you can kind of gain perspective of what that could look like for your home um, but I wanted to leave you with this first. Um, public school was origina- originated in mid 17th century. So it's been a while, around a while. We're talking about like 400 years. Um, and it continues to change every day, or every year. It's not been the same since 16 whatever. You know, We're not carrying our little school books in the snow kind of thing. I'm thinking of like Little House of the Prairie over here. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Laura Ingalls um yeah no but it it, it's evolved right and um the current public school footprint as it stands has been was based on ideas in which many people now you know they've they've transformed this idea where children need to have eight hour day structures structure well i can't say that word structure (laughs) um and there's nothing wrong with with structure and routines. I love routines. You ask me, I love being structured. I like people tell, I like being told what I need to do in a precise schedule. And I liked carrying my schedule around and going from class to class. Like, I love that. But um, that's not, that's not everybody. That's all, that all the children are different. You know, we're all uniquely made. But then, you know, we were challenged through a pandemic and you were the, the teacher. I hope, I'm assuming you were, maybe not. Um, I was the teacher for a brief period of my life in uh, the pan- during the pandemic, and also I was a breadwinner. I was working from home at the same time, in the same core hours that my kids were supposed to be in school. So that's fun, right? <laughs> uh, we watched the impact of all of it and how um, it just really brought perspective. It really brought us to, to our face. Okay, what is happening here? what's going on? Um, and it forced us to really think through, okay, I see my child now every day, but she's not learning the way I thought she was learning. What's going on? Is it me? Is it my child? Is it the learning environment? What's happening? Um, and that could have been happening in the school and you just never knew. You know? So there are there are, there are impacts from different elements of different impacts in, embedded in all of this. So what did we learn from what did this teach us i hope it taught us to appreciate our teachers and support our school staff number one <laughs> i love those teachers they're great they're amazing and but i also hope it's taught us that we can adapt to change in a very quick time frame you know wasn't it from one day to the other we're like boom remote learning what does that mean <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, yes. absolutely. So there is, there are things that you know, I'm drawing out, just like the quick hitter points, but there are elements of impact that collateral damage down the road. So I pulled this statistic, I'm a statistic-driven person, so I'm sorry, but pbs.org says 18 US states shared this data in uh, 2020 through 2021, um, or, sorry, I got my dates wrong. 2020, yeah, I did it. I said it right. 2020 through 2021 school year. Um, So the number of homeschooling students increased by 63%. Wow. Can you believe that? And then it fell a little bit. It fell a little bit, uh, like 17% in 2021 through 2022. So this past school year, it's fallen, um, or this last one, for about 17%. But let me tell you, before COVID, it was at 3%. We were at the U.S. These 18 states was at 3%.
1: It's huge. It's
0: significant. So I don't care if it fell at 17%. We're still up above the third, the 3%. Um, why is that? What is happening? And um, I think many are just starting to broaden their thinking and reflect on how a family, how has a family, they want to approach schooling. And um, we kind of have a couple of experiences. And I'll let Jess share hers. um on what what she's been doing recently and what's been working for her yeah i would say um i used to be very anti
2: i used to be so pro um public school and i'm not anti-public school at all um but that was just like the only thing that i thought was like this is the way we're gonna walk in it um but right currently we have two students in public school we have two students that are homeschooled um and how that all you know I, I really would not have imagined that path prior to covid but whenever everybody went back to school our school was great and we were in more than most um but whenever our students went back um, one of our, our daughters she said you know i really like to be homeschooled mom i just really like this environment and we had a really great experience um and we got a ripple effect that we're dealing with one of our little ones but Experience. but anyway my initial response to, to her was no you know I was like no whenever I grew up the homeschool kids were like they were so socially awkward and no this is just I, I don't want that for you um, but then like she would she went back willingly and she talked about some of the experiences she was having and so I got to the why of what's driving this and so after lots of prayerful consideration And looking, what are our options? I started to figure out, well, what could this look like? And I remember the moment where I was looking on Pinterest, and I found out, wait a second, there are moms out there that work full-time, and they homeschool their kids. So all I have to do is figure out how I can get my full-time job done, and I can homeschool them at night. And boom, everything is fine. And we didn't go that route. I actually found something that they can do during the day. Great experience, but um, it was just an eye opener to say, you know what, we don't have to settle for the default if that's not what works for your family. Right? So, just being open to those different experiences, I guess, is something that we need to keep in mind.
0: Yeah, and um, you know, I mentioned I'm kind of in the middle, but uh, when, like, as a family, every year we pray about the direction we want to do, we want to go with our kids. Um, for the school year so we, um, we private school that is a decision we made right when kindergarten hit for our, for, for our first and um, if that is something that you are wanting to consider we can definitely have a chat and have some coffee and talk about it um, but I just want to give you this this idea that I was pro public school 100% before we got married he'll tell you i grew i i I grew up in a public school and i went to school to teach in a public school and i was like no 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 we are not doing any private or homeschooling because philip was homeschooled
3: (laughs) for for like five years
0: not not it's just a, a i mean it was a good amount of time and I was like, no, they're weirdos. Like, why? why? We're not considering this. We are mixing this idea from the start. And, and he, he just looked at me and said, okay. And he had a smile on his face because I think he knew my mind was going to change. But I want to tell you why it changed. Because at that time, I was not in church. I was in church, but I just had a different religious belief. And I hadn't really had a true revelation of who God was in his oneness. And I as, as I have walked my in this relationship with, with God and my and in, in my faith, I have come to realize that He is my ultimatum. He is my ultimate He is He is God. And I want that for my children. And I we you know, I, I'm a researcher. I went to public school I am in this field I look to see what's going on in the public school system I didn't I, I did my homework and after I saw there were there were a lot of cons for us and I talked to him and I was like I can't let her go to a public school and he was like well what are we gonna do and homeschool was never part of, like, I don't want to stay home. I work. What are you talking about? I am okay working. And, you know, and it's like, well, I don't know if we can swing it. And, you know, I will tell you that God has made great ways in my life for, you know, allowing us to have this. And we reevaluate every year because you never know what your financial budget is year to year. At least, I, I mean, at least year to year. But you just don't know what's going to hit you. So, I just want to give—I want to leave that with you. We can always make the decision, we are the authority of our home, we can always make the decision to pull her and keep her home, and if we wanted to, we could put her in a public school. But at this time, public school is not an option, so <laughs> keeping her home is probably the next thing. And we will do what's best for our children, and we leave you with that. You pray what's best for your children as you're walking through it. And you know, you give it to God, He will guide you because you just because they are in it already doesn't mean that you have to do it the same the next year, and it could be completely different the next year after that. So, we just really wanted to draw that out and give you some perspective of what others are doing that's around you because we are a body of Christ. And you know, if you need something or if you are wanting resources or whatever, Jess is a really good resource for co op programs, mm-hmm. and I don't know about them, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. But I have done my due diligence with private schooling around, around and, and homeschooling curriculum for littles. So if there's anything you ever need, you know, just utilize your body of Christ. I and mean, we just, we'll leave it at that. At the end of the day, you are the keeper of your home. Yes.
5: So how would you, let's say you prayed. child's at an age to where they can understand and voice -hmm. their opinion backward, back to you. And it's a negative opinion of what is being left.
0: Well, I, so, I know my husband can speak to this, though. So, for Layla, or for my oldest, we're, we're, we're talking about pulling her at a certain age and keeping her home. And I bring, I tell her, I say, hey, this is coming. I don't know what it's about sixth grade here and she's in third and I I mean I don't know if this will help you but we are considering our feelings okay why why wouldn't you want to you know come home and work and not work in school here um, I miss my there's there and, and there's truth I'm gonna miss my friends um, I there what else did she say All the extra-curricular yeah too. yeah we're not there yet but yeah, so she's the biggest yeah. thing is the social. Like we love the school. She loves the school. The school is great. That she's gonna miss her friends. Um, who is she gonna interact with? All of the things. And you know, I, at this time, I mean, we don't have to make the decision today or tomorrow or in the next year. But I don't know. Me personally, I feel like I would, as a kid, I probably would want to know what, what your what my parents are thinking mm-hmm. and what. Um, and how to walk in that, like how they're gonna do it. She doesn't need to know the details of it, but at least, you know, make them aware, and I don't know, I I think for me, when I walk through it, we'll see, ask me in like three years. (laughs) We did a,
2: uh, so our fifth grader now will be, our plan now is to bring her home next year, Mm -hmm. Um, but whenever we brought our, our older two home, one really wanted to go, one really wanted to stay, so we, we had a family meeting and we presented it and we said, Hey, here's where we're at. This is what we would like to do. Um, and then like, this is open discussion. You tell us how you feel. And mm-hmm. she's like, I, I don't like this. And I said, okay, here's what we want you to do. I want you to write a list of here's what's good about homeschool. Here's what's bad about homeschool. Here's what's really hurting my heart. And we're going to pray about it. And then I think we, two weeks later, we got back together and she brought a list to us, and every single one of those things, we could, we had planned to do something about, right? Like the social, connect, I feel like my kids are more socially connected now than they ever were, um, because connecting with them at school was very hard, I don't, for whatever reason, um, but the extracurriculars, I thought that was gonna be a big deal too, and it's just, there's lots of ideas and ways that you can get around it, but I think she needs to know that she's heard, for sure. So how do you- The two that are still in young in school or are our younger ones. So we laid it out that, hey, whenever you reach sixth grade, everybody's coming home. Okay. So that's how we laid it out. So our little ones, they're just geared to know there's going to come a day when this isn't going to be where school is. They're okay. going to come home. So I
5: understand that. So how yeah. do you, what's there? Well, I'm just mm-hmm. saying, because yeah. Aubrey's town. Yep. And
2: mm-hmm.
5: Okay.
3: to figure out the balance, and, the you know, balance and do the right thing, respect and respect their
5: you know, feelings, but, it but it ultimately, as mom good. and dad, yeah, we see where the pain is going to be in 5, 10, and 15 years if this continues on, yep. you, it's like, you know, you, you, they see the deviation of, well, it's kind of a straight line, a straight line I'm only a degree off, yep. we'll walk a thousand feet and see how far off you are from that straight line now,
3: mm.
5: you know, you're mile.
4: intent being intentional and so if the the friends are an issue yeah. mm-hmm. try to start introducing new friends like for example like more church, church friends and whatnot be like hey let's just have a family or a, a family get-together two two couples or whatever and just introduce kids and whatnot that way they can start befriending other people so that it won't be such a drastic, like all of my friends are here at this public school and none of them are in church, or
3: that's what we've dealt with for like a few years now. He just didn't connect with any of the youth, yeah. so he felt very isolated. Mm-hmm. And like he, you know, he was the weird kid, or they were the weird kids, and he was the normal one, you know, kind of thing. And now it's trying to convince him to try this church and try new yeah. kids. And yeah. I know it's. Awkward.
2: About being super intentional. We said that we were going to make time for you to connect with your friends, so we've got to make it easy for you. We're going to go out to a high school football game because we know that you enjoy that, and that's a time where you can get with your friends. You know, and just trying to create those opportunities, and it would be a way to, to draw in their parents. Like, maybe we're going to get to know their family. Like, we're going to have a family game night, and let's everybody get
0: you, so something I had read before when I was doing some um, homeschooling, like co-op programs and stuff like that. When you we were talking about Aubrey, um, there it depends on your school district, but sometimes your school gives you the option to bring them in for like PE or whatever extracurricular. That so I would advise talking to them, yeah, and and then that way she doesn't feel quite left out of the school system, yeah. um, but she's still getting information, like the schooling, the indoctrination that you're choosing to do for yeah. her. Um, so I, I just had I remembered, you know, your question, or your question triggered my mind. I was like, I have seen, there, there are ways to make it work. If you wanna make it work, it will work. It's just, it's gonna be a little bit more on you. You've gotta do your homework. Yeah. And um, you, you just kind of, you kind of are drawing points that you know what what it is that you want for your children. Like you, mm-hmm. they know what it is, their pain points. So kinda of find ways to figure out, okay, how can mm-hmm. I make this work? Mm-hmm.
3: You know, drawing we've done, him, yeah. we've done the homeschooling thing. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. in sixth grade, I believe Damian was in. Yeah, yeah. I pulled him out,
5: mm-hmm. um
3: fourth or fifth. He was struggling with reading and all these things. He was in speech and IEP and all these things and mm-hmm. I just felt like it Pinterest, you know, and I yeah. saw all these cool Ideas. things that we could do, and we're going to travel, and we're going to go on <laughs> field trips, and oh, we're going to yeah. go do all these things. We went to the library, like, that twice. Was... I took him to the YMCA, like, three times. I'm like, this is our home. And it was only just me and him, and it felt very lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he did, you know, gain some skills, and yeah. his reading improved, his writing improved. Right. That one-on-one time really helped. But I felt like I was hurting him more than helping him in a way because sure. I took away all of his friends. I took mm-hmm. away sports. I took away socializing and he was stuck staring at me all day and mm-hmm. you know I'm fun for a little while but after you know, after a few hours <laughs> I'm like come on. So it, it, it's trying to figure out that balance of what is best for
0: him and I also want him to be happy too. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want him to, um, well, what's the word? I don't want to resent, resent me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. resent
3: me for pulling him away, but things are getting crazy out there, and high school's not getting any easier for any of these kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the think it's getting harder. Me and her
5: both realize, like, high school isn't the same. It's not like when we were on in the we were there
4: To be care- careful with that, because my dad was always, always the whole walk away, be the bigger man, be the bigger man. And I tell you what, at this point, I wish he would have told me to go sock the kid in the mouth. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I mean, I feel like I, obviously with me growing up, I've, I've uh, I feel at times I've been walked over just because I've always been, I've always tried to be the bigger man and just not getting into it. sure that
5: you find the
3: Nothing just stays between the kids anymore, it's all over social media.
2: back to that verse. my people are destroyed for their lack of knowledge we have to be knowledgeable about the options we have the things that our kids are facing the threats that are out there and all of that and and we need community like this 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 is a beautiful conversation this for sure perfect way to wrap up this study um, hearing from each other um, because we need each other because none of us have this
0: figured out at all yeah at all so do you have anything else to add do not. No, I think uh, it's been a pleasure to uh, be here, be in the hot seat. Uh, Not really the hot seat, but just to work with Jess and, you know, trying to brainstorm what to bring to the table and, you know, what to speak. And um, I really hope that uh, what we, you know, I feel like God really led this whole study. Um, And I just, I hope it it helps you, it blesses you, um, and you can gain from each other and ourselves, like we're, again, we're the body of Christ, and we're called to, uh, I, I know I mentioned it earlier, but carry each other's burdens and talk through the hard stuff. There's space for it. There's room for it, and we welcome it. So. All right. You, you want pray prayer? You want me to pray? Oh, you love me praying. I do love you. Whole three-week series that you put us in here with, Lord, thank you for your wisdom and how you help us walk through every every situation, every trial, every every component of the lives that we're living. I pray that each and every one of us receive something, meditate on it, and take it with us daily, Lord, and that we are intentional in, in, in being that, in being there for our children and being the example that you've asked us to be, Lord. I pray many blessings for these people that are here.